problem. People need to calm down, get a little less politically correct, and I would say, you know, love everybody. You clearly don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. This is a freak show. An intergalactic freak show. What do you make of that? It's about right. I keep telling my colleagues um, that this is the new normal. God help us all. Hold on a sec. I'm going to get me a beer. Well, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. Perfect. Meow. I give you America itself. This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Studio C. Well, that's not a very zesty C senor for a Friday. Yeah. Hey, what are you going to do? Huh? Wow. <laughs> Dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And today, it is Friday. We're under the tutelage of our general manager. Free speech on college campuses. Hmm? While supplies last. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, yeah. Not at all old and tired. Junior. So this morning, my um, driving my phone somehow slips out of my lap and falls under my seat. Oh, whoops! I'm surprised they've never figured out the uh, the the dark nether region that is under the seat of an automobile because mm. it's just so crazy under there. Dark <laughs> wires, oh, please. sharp jagged edges. Things. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. You start reaching around. There's a chance you're going to cut your fingers, and it's just it's and and crevasses, right? Pockets you just can't get into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. you need like a stick or something. There's like uh, fish with no eyes living in there, <laughs> yeah. weird and crannies in that. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to go through the nook to get to the cranny. It yeah, can't be done. There could be a kind of rodent that lives under car seats that nobody's ever seen before. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's completely transparent. <laughs> it's just surprising to me. It lives on car carpet goo. Or what my call kid kids call uh, crack snacks, and be like <laughs> a couple of Cheerios that fill out of your little cup, or a piece of your breakfast bar, or whatever. They'd go kind of in the cracks of the yeah. car. That's hilarious. Yeah, crack they snacks. used to say, "Hey, crack snack," and just grab a little piece of something and eat. Oh, oh, I know. <laughs> oh. I'd say, "Don't do that." <laughs> oh, oh, golly! Crack snacks. Oh, golly! <laughs> uh, let's introduce everybody in the squad. Oh, and how about this whole Mueller report coming out thing? Have you followed the craziness oh, of this? Fool me eight hundred times, shame on me, or you, or they're, somebody. They're on shame f- on Mueller. They're on fire in D.C. about this. Yeah, about who left whose house at what time. Mueller was wearing a baseball cap. Right, exactly. Wow, wow. exactly. <laughs> left the house earlier than usual. This time alone in the car, and people are just so they've got reporters staked outside of all these people's houses. And then report if they leave earlier or are wearing different clothes. And then everybody goes crazy. And it's expected by noon today, the Mueller report. That's that's what they were saying on MSNBC this morning. Man, noon I, today. I heard an interview with a Congress dope this morning. And they're asking her, uh, what if the Mueller report comes out and it says there just wasn't any collusion at all? Because that's kind of what we're hearing. She said, well, the Trump Tower, the, the, Donald Trump wanted to build a tower. And his people had contacts with blah, 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 and the Russians, and, and she just kind of was kind of a weird circular thingy. And uh, then the interviewer said, well, 
So, do you not think Robert Mueller did a good job? Or well, the tower deal and Russia and and I'm thinking, if this is what you're leaning on, you're not going to move a single vote with that. Mueller says no, no. I mean, they met with guys and had various conversations, but there's no no real deal here. And they're going to stay with that for the next couple of years. Donald J. Trump, two-termer. Even if it did come out at noon, they hand it over to the attorney general, and he might say, this is probably going to take me a month to go through this. So, uh, see you in a month. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I was hoping for Mueller to come out with a flip chart and a pointer and explain it all to us. Go all James Comey on us. Yeah, I guess it doesn't work that way, or it's not going to work. Well, it's not supposed to. James. Um, let's introduce everybody. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Hi this morning, Michael. Good. You were talking about crack snacking. Um, speaking <laughs> of snacking, I just saw a story about, uh, I think it was like 80% of people have confessed to drunk snacking. Um, you know, when they when they get drunk, they go and they snack. And I just uh, know somebody... Only 80%? That's my only... <laughs> Reminds me of the old I, joke. Only 80% of people get drunk and then eat stuff they don't normally eat? We Reminds had a family Reminds me of the member. old joke about uh, self-pleasurement. You know, 75% of men do it and 25% lie. Yeah. Have you almost burned your home down, though, by uh, doing something like this? Yes, oh. I did. I could tell that story sometimes. Okay. It was an apartment. Charming. Yeah. Charming tale. Oh, so absolutely. It was many people's homes. Well, well, no, it was a standalone. <laughs> yeah. It was a standalone. Uh, I guess you'd call it a home, but I rented it. It was okay. a standalone unit. I was the only person oh, gotcha, who lived gotcha. there. It was right behind the Wendy's. It was close enough to the drive-through window that I could hear people ordering their food. Did you have to pay extra for that, or <laughs> could you just could you yell to the speaker from your yeah. window? Oh, and, absolutely! And walk over. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, there's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Uh, another edition of Trailer Time with Positive Sean. It's been a big week for trailers. We had the Toy Story four trailer earlier. We got the John Wick three trailer dropped yesterday. Now, if if you should come for the for the gunfight on horseback. But stay for the sword fight on motorcycles. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> awesome. And, wow. uh, and and movies that are actually out news. Uh, Is there a nunchuck fight on uh, jet skis? I don't know that it's not in there, but it wasn't in the trailer. <laughs> Get it out. <laughs> well, I'm, well, go ahead. You got something else. Go ahead. And the uh, a movie from movies that are actually out, the movie Us, the second film by Jordan Peele, half of the comedy team, Key and Peele, is out. His first movie, Get Out, was phenomenal. And I'm really enjoying this part of uh, the comedy duo's career where I realize Jordan Peele, I think, is just a genius. I love everything he this does. This movie yeah. looks terrifying. It's, it, th- he makes horror movies that are... Not on the same scale of, they're 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 horror the movies ad, by genre. The ad terrifies me. Yes, yes, they, and that's a big part of it. The, this is a horror movie, but they aren't the same sort of like a uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre style mm-hmm. horror movies. They often have more social commentary. Like uh, this one, <laughs> interesting. This one seems to be the the people that are coming after the family are like. It's essentially the same family. Trump right? it, supporters. It, yes, they have MAGA hats on. Oh, boy. No, no they have. That'll uh, be fun. The movie is called Starring Us. Jesse Smollett. And the scary people are versions of themselves, so there's this whole, are we our own worst enemies kind of oh, dynamic okay. sort of thing going on with little, it. Yes is the answer to that. <laughs> yes, we are. That's a little deeper than the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Exactly. Uh, there's Marsha Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marsha? I'm doing very well. I'm feeling very, very Friday, because we have a major celebrity birthday today. Hi, I'm William. Shatner, I have searched earnestly and desperately for intelligence and perception in the universe, and I have found it everywhere except here 
on Armstrong and Getty. There you go. Captain, Thank you. The great Bill Shatner. Captain James T. Kirk turns 88 today. Glad he's still doing okay after we Jeez. learned about the space herpes thing. Yeah, he's <laughs> almost 90. Yes. I didn't know that. Shatner's net worth $100 million. One of the weirdest careers in the history of entertainment. You know, I work with uh, Bill Shatner back in the day in Los Angeles. He was at uh, KBC Talk Radio for a week. He would come uh, for in. For a week? The, he, well, he was just filling in. Gotcha. He would come in in the morning, flop down in the newsroom, look around at everybody in the newsroom and say, well, what should I talk about? <laughs> what should I talk about? And everybody would give him notes and story ideas, and he'd get fired up, and he'd go into the studio, and he would end up day after day fielding nothing but phone calls about Star Trek. About right. Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious and yeah. not surprising. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It's Friday, March 22nd, the year 2019. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve this program. Uh, beloved listener dropped us an email. I can't even remember why uh, the other day, but he mentioned that Star Trek, it, you know what? It might have been a tweet from Tim Sandifer, come to think of it, Tim the lawyer. Star Trek was written painstakingly without any slang. Or any any modern turns of a phrase in the late '60s, and that's one of the reasons that it's held up so well. Evidently, Gene Roddenberry thought, "Well, it's set in the future, so we've got to be interesting. We, we're going to we're going to speak the King's English in this thing. Huh. They're and, not going to be saying daddy-o. Well, <laughs> right. That was groovy. The president, you're right. The the planet looks groovy, Captain. <laughs> I think we could totally totally get down there. Is their leader hip? I think he's hip. He's yeah. hip. Yeah. Is he hip to the whole freedom thing, man? <laughs> right. No, none of that. All right, let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regs. At Mark, he wants the ball. The tournament's two leading scorers and Hoffman's at home. It's a Joe Jam. Zion Williamson, old news. Ja Morant, first triple-double in NC... Uh, he's only the eighth guy to have a triple-double in the NCAA tournament. The first guy to do it since 2012. If you want to sound cool with your uh, with your coworkers and people talk about it, just, just go, hey, what about that Ja Morant, though? Yeah. Oh, boy. Reminded me when Steph Curry went off as a, a 19-year-old in March Madness and that years clip, ago. Clap, that clip there, the person that he dunked on, they had to call the police. To, it, it, it was an assault. It was, <laughs> it, 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 it was ugly. Go State. And a 12... 12- Southern. A 12 beat a 5, which happens a lot. What are other headlines, Marshall Phillips? A busy day for President Trump, striking out for free speech in the U.S. and shaking things up in the Middle East. Got bad news keeps piling up for Boeing. And yet another black eye for Facebook. Oh, good. Coming I'm up. glad to hear that, actually. That makes me happy. How's mailbag look? Oh, it's fine. I'm not sure how much time we'll have for it, but maybe we'll spread it out over the hour. We have three and a half hours. There. And clips of the week coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Flash Impact Report. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Greta Van Fleet t-shirt today. They are my band. I'm a fleetie. I follow them everywhere they go. Yeah, right. Go to all their shows, wait backstage. (laughs) Whole thing. (laughs) A buddy of mine sent me a, a meme the other day. It was a cat standing next to a rather 
iffy cat cake. A cake shaped like a cat, okay? Um, and the cat was labeled Led Zeppelin, and the bad cake was, was labeled Greta that's, Van Gogh. That's not fair. It's, it's just wrong. It's just well, wrong. I'm afraid it, it's correct. <laughs> the Greta Van Fleet is a bad cat cake. <laughs> and I will stand by that statement. Wow, they're awesome. My favorite band in years. Mailbag is coming along in a couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I was really close. Yeah, I'm watching you. Uh, but right now, we need to take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. What I can say is that it is clear that this is one of New Zealand's darkest days. I told the Prime Minister that the United States is with them all the way. They can go to Tinder and find a date tonight to find that special person who's going to make the difference in their lives. To prepare for the role of a porcupine, what I imagined conveniently was that porcupines sound a lot like me. Many other celebrities suffer from something called acquired situational narcissism. We can have national voting, and that means get rid of the electoral college and I myself have always been for lowering the, vote, the voting age to 16. I think it's really important to capture kids when they're in high school. You said call 911. Do you understand that the police have told us to vote you all out so that they can do their jobs? And you're telling us to call 911? People in my generation are likely to change careers more often than our parents change jobs. And this has serious consequences for our understanding of, of community, of where we fit in. Um, and there are some very ugly things that will move in to fill the void if we've lost that sense of community, that sense of identity that used to come from the workplace. It was a very thought-provoking cow this week. Little Pete Buttigieg in there, who might be the rising star of the presidential race. I'm sorry, did you say little Pete Buttigieg? Is that uh... a little? Oh, little okay. clip I, th- of I thought him. I was hearing a little uh, demeaning of I the have, man. I have no idea how tall he is. He okay. might be 6'8". I'll have no demeaning here. <laughs> and we now know, I think, why so many people brought up the electrical... <laughs> the electrical now you got to buy <laughs> dessert after dinner. <laughs> I, we now know why so many people have brought up the electoral college this week. Stay tuned for that. Oh, yeah, yeah, shocking. Mailbag for... Okay. Two freedom-loving quotes of the day. Just go, You know what? I'm going to save this one and use it as a topic for discussion later. Sorry. One freedom-loving quote of the day. Yes? Pete Buttigieg, his height seems to be unavailable. What is he hiding? Wow. <laughs> is he 11 feet tall or 3 feet tall? Just Nobody like Obama's knows. birth certificate. Right! I want to see the long-form height chart. John F. Kennedy with our freedom-loving quote of the day today. I, uh... I will not do it in his voice. If you'd like to, I'll hand you the sheet of paper. Too often we enjoy the comfort of opinion without the discomfort of thought. How about that? That hasn't changed. Quit being an idiot, in other words, Mm. as a a caller once famously said to us. Uh, Here's uh, a nice note from uh, Mark. I've been a friend of Armstrong and Getty for nearly 20 years. A fag. Do you no longer acknowledge fags on your show? Bowing to the PC crowd, huh? Mark, the true fag. No, for for many, many years, listeners to this fine program have referred to themselves as friends of Armstrong and Getty. 
or fags. Yeah. Um, We're trying to take the word back. Yeah, exactly. So, no, I did. No, no, I, nah, it's not about being PC, Mark. It's about being cowardly. Yeah. No. no, that's it's funny and it's fine. And we love everybody. So we've never had anybody get mad at that. Now, somebody will fake outrage having heard this this morning. Fine. Great. Super. And then ask every gay man, woman or child in America who's ever heard our show. And they'll say, oh, no, no, they're good guys. So, go ahead. Whip it up. I don't care. Uh, Moving along. Oh, Mark in Chico, California writes, Guys, on the uh, he says, don't call the New Zealand gun confiscation a buyback, even if there's money involved. All government buybacks are actually confiscation. The government doesn't have any money they haven't confiscated in taxes. Oof. (laughs) That's an obvious point. You know, it's a really good point. You're going to give me some of my money and then make me give you my gun. That's not a buyback. No, indeed. Yeah, bribing us with our own money to hand over guns isn't a buyback in the USA or New Zealand. Well said, my friend. Good well point. said. Yep. On the topic of golden doodles, Danica, who's an almost 20-year-old fag, says, We have two golden doodles, and we were talking about how you got to be careful because poodles can be psychos, and unscrupulous breeders put too much psycho poodle in. Psycho poodle. They have two of those dogs that came out rather differently. The nicknames they have for those two dogs will make you laugh aloud. I'll stay tuned for that. Yeah, I don't have time. I don't want to rush through it, but right after this, I promise. Mueller report dropping today at noon, according to everybody buzzing in D.C. Marshall's News next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. get to the impending Mueller report in the news. Joe, quit telling me it's coming out. I don't want to hear it anymore. People are showing up to the White House. There's only one reason they would be doing that, Joe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Robert Mueller was wearing a hat today. <laughs> so, yeah, yesterday we were talking about uh, the various uh, cutely named uh, mixed breed dogs, including various things that end in oodle. Jack's theory being <laughs> people like these dogs mostly because they have funny names. Right. Um, and, and I was sharing the experience of a number of people I know who've gotten these dogs, and if it's an unscrupulous breeder, they don't care about the poodle's temperament. Right. They just care that it gets it on with a golden uh, lab or a lab or whatever, um, and you end up with a psycho dog. So we got this note from Danica. Uh, they're both great dogs, but our male dog resembles a golden detri- retriever. He's shorter and stockier. Uh, he's also incredibly mellow. Uh, we call him Spicoli his nickname it's not mm-hmm. his official name our female there's no birthday party for me in here <laughs> our, fe- <laughs> our female dog has much more of the poodle qualities taller thinner curlier hair narrower face and she's also super needy and possessive my daughter calls her crazy ex-girlfriend well that's a good one <laughs> wow that's a so funny one when you get the oodle dog <laughs> hilarious. you might end up with yeah. spicoli you might end up with crazy ex-girlfriend. Have you seen chugs? Chows and pugs that are bred together? Chugs? They're a thing. Again. You're being a crazy sex poodle. It's not about the dog or about the name. Exactly. <laughs> News now with Marsha Phillips. Now another busy day for the president. President Trump making a move to protect First Amendment rights, telling college campuses if they stifle free speech, it could cost them. The president signed an executive order because of what he called the hostile treatment of conservative voices. He said... Taxpayers should not be put in the bill if universities are discriminating against opinions they disagree with. 
We will not stand idly by and allow public institutions to violate their students' constitutional rights. If a college or university doesn't allow you to speak, we will not give them money. So on Nakedly Progressive Radio this morning, NPR, the uh, anchorette, uh, she, uh, she uh, described it like this. A couple of speakers on the fringe of the right have been disinvited to colleges. Wow. So, and that's the anchor. That's unfriggin' believable. And then she had on some spokes hole from some university who, who, when asked, you know, a number of conservative students have suggested that there's a problem. Blah, right. blah, blah. She said, we, we want to ensure everyone is welcome to share their opinion. And blah. So they both, categ- well, they both inferred a denial that universities in America lean left. It was just astounding. They either don't care about the free exchange of ideas, or, or they're against it. It's the only two conclusions I can draw. Or aren't following the news, I guess? Or are so incredibly unwise and blind that they can't recognize the incredible uh, prejudice that exists. It's, it was just amazing. And along with that, the president decided it was time for the U.S. to fully recognize Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights. I've been thinking about doing it for a long time. It's been a very hard decision for every president. No president has done it. Trump expanding on an earlier tweet yesterday, the U.S. will recognize Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights. That's a major change in U.S. policy that will also bolster Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu in his re-election effort before Israelis vote next month. Well, change in uh, things written on paper doesn't change anything on the ground. It's been that way for quite some time. And, you know, my second big gripe about the media this morning, I've heard this story reported. It's such a clear example of Trump derangement syndrome. Talking about this this move is aggressive and will make it harder to achieve a a peace settlement with Syria. Really increases the chances of war with Syria and Russia and the rest of it. You look... It's ground that is useless except to attack Israel. And Syria is run by the butcher Assad, who you have been calling a butcher, of, and that's on, like, kinder days, for the last, what, six years? This guy is the most, uh, one of the most unspeakable savages on the earth. And Israel says, look, we can't trust him. We're just keeping the Golan Heights. You can't have them back. So they took it to defend themselves. And and you're acting like this is some sort of inexcusable uh, aggression. But I tell you what, BB, take it. Keep it. Indonesian airline uh, Garuda is canceling a $5 billion order for Boeing 737 MAX jetliners. Really? Yep. The Garuda official saying the airline's passengers have lost confidence in the aircraft after more than 300 people died in those two crashes in less than five months. The airline had ordered 50 of the planes, has taken delivery of one. But the company is now telling Boeing it doesn't want the other 49. I I talked to a pilot about training the other day. I'll have to tell that story on the air. It's kind of interesting. I heard what, you know, I hope it was not, you know, edited or spun by, you know, some biased journalist. But the statement from Boeing was that, that they'll have the software patch or fix ready very soon. They're working on it. Right. It was not a company... By any sort of denial, like, uh, well, that was, it's an acknowledgement that there was a software problem, and a serious one, evidently, because um, it wasn't 
hey, look, it, it wasn't the software that caused the problem. We found a different problem we're going to fix for you. It was, yeah, we're working on the, the software update. Right. So that that's pretty close to an admission. And it turns out that both Boeing jets that went down lacked two notable safety features in their cockpits. One reason they weren't there, Boeing charged extra for them. Boeing reportedly will now include a standard equipment, a cockpit warning light that's been optional when it upgrades the software. Sources say the warning light could have alerted pilots to problems that might have led to the two deadly crashes. Wow, that's interesting. When you buy a car, it doesn't come with a, do you want to pay extra for the light that tells you that your brakes no longer work? Um, no, I, that should be standard on yeah. the car. Um, Boeing, go ahead and include that light on all the planes and um airlines. Go ahead and pay for it if you have to. Well, I'm just surprised that's that 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 even can happen. Options on a car are usually: Would you like leather or cloth or a sure. nicer stereo? Right. Not do you want the thing that tells you that your engine doesn't work anymore right. or your brakes failed or whatever. Right. Yeah. And it should be noted: neither feature is required by the FAA. Okay. All right. They know more about it than I do. All right, in the latest or do they? Of, or do they? In the latest of what's become a string of security embarrassments, Facebook acknowledged it left hundreds of millions of user passwords unencrypted and readable by its employee for years. There you go. Good job there, Facebook. But we have uh, a senator. We have no evidence that any of our employees ever misused this information. And uh, I'll have my team get back to you. That's amazing. That is exactly what they're saying. That's right. (laughs) Employees had access to your passwords. Yes. That's right. Just printed in plain text. And I'm supposed to believe that they didn't didn't go to the Facebook page of any friends of theirs and abuse that in any way. We have no evidence of any abuse. (laughs) That is correct. And that is your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. And I, I certainly believe we've earned your trust over the years, Senator. MSNBC and uh, a lot of Washington, D.C. going crazy over this rumor that the Mueller report is coming out on Friday at noon. Give you a little dose of that from Brian Williams' show, which is actually kind of funny. Among other things. Oh, man, there's so much to talk about. There is a belief among Republicans that Trump's going to win the popular vote again and, I'm sorry, lose the popular vote again and win in the Electoral College again. Which may be the reason this conversation is heated up lately. Maybe both sides have all done the math and think, you know what? Uh-oh. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't know what your news flow is like through the day. Everything from being, I'm sure we have listeners that are news junkies more or less like us, taking it in from everywhere. And and I also know we have listeners that their entire news diet is listening to us. So yep. Whatever. Um, whatever works for you. Um, but uh, on your... Uh, a lot of your cable news channels are going crazy over the idea that the Mueller report is imminent for all kinds of very strong indicators. Mm. This is Brian Williams on uh, the 11th hour Thursday night. Day 791 of the Trump administration and Washington is bracing for impact tonight, anxiously waiting for Robert Mueller to transmit his report to Attorney General Bill Barr. 
All the fevered anticipation had photographers stationed around the D.C. metro area today, hoping to spot the key players. As a result, look at what we learned this morning. Robert Mueller drives a car and owns a baseball cap. We say this because viewers of this and other broadcasts have ample reason to wonder if Robert Mueller does anything other than walk down mm. hallways carrying a briefcase. <laughs> less exciting, but no less important. Today's photos of the Attorney General, Bill Barr, seen leaving his home today, then hours later spotted entering the White House for oh, what we're oh. quickly told was a regularly scheduled meeting and not Mueller-related. Oh, Adding to the intrigue. Yes. Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein also seen leaving the White House today. Aha! Well, he wanted to go home. <laughs> so you saw the Attorney General show up at the White House. But then it turned out it was a regular meeting. Right! And then but, you saw the uh, but wait. Deputy Attorney General leave the White House. Yes! Which unless Coincidence? Which unless you're going to live there, you'd have to do... Exactly. Like Mueller, he does stuff. So those... And the Attorney General did something. So those two are nothing. Then it just gets you back to Mueller wearing a baseball cap in his car, which is not a lot. Not a lot to go on. Maybe he hadn't gotten a chance to take a shower yet, and he had some serious bedhead, and he's needing to go somewhere. I don't know. But We're anyway. out of coffee? What? All right, I'll go get some. And <laughs> <laughs> Washington, D.C. goes wild. Listen, I'm telling you, our, obs- our current obsession with government is unhealthy. Of course it is. I mean, just, I mean, in general, the government's not supposed to be a part of your life every day. That's the idea of this country, that it's not. And everybody's obsessed. And not just that, but with the president. And, and, and we're all, as Americans, angry at each other all the time about the political parties. That's incredibly unhealthy. Majority it's like a, of a marriage falling apart, screaming at each other over, like, which sitcom is better. It's just dumb. Marshall told us a majority of Americans are drunk snackers. I've got what those drunks snack on and how they feel about it afterwards. <laughs> on the Armstrong and Getty Show today. Hmm. Did a little wine tasting yesterday. It got, oh, really? got a little festive. <laughs> Speaking of snacking, he is a snacker. Do we still have that clip from what he is a snacker, though? He's got a weakness for a snack. <laughs> that was a friend of Mitt Romney's being asked if he had any flaws uh, back when he was running. He is a snacker. <laughs> he is a snacker, though. He's got a weakness for a snack. Oh, no. So listen, the blows out birthday candles one by one. That's something I'd add to the list. Oh, oh, oh! Speaking of which, uh, we're down to two pieces of old dried out birthday cake in the lunchroom. Oh, I'll be right back. If you... <laughs> so the ongoing conversation we've had about snowplow parenting, some call it lawnmower parenting, over the last week or or more, has been very interesting. And uh, Dave, the teacher, with a great perspective via email. And he's not the first, but I like the way he put it. A couple of people have made this point. One obvious thing that occurred to me about your story on snowplow parents is how many kids these parents have and whether or not the parents are single. Uh, Bet that most of these parents have one or at most two kids uh, and are either divorced or married to type A spouses who work a lot. I'm not sure we need the second part of his theory, but the first part of his theory, one max two children. It looks a lot like evolution. If you have one kid, you put everything you have into them so they are a success so your genes get passed on. 
if you have four kids, you don't have the time to do this, and your instincts know that genes are going to get passed on, even if one or two kids aren't super successful. Or, you know, if you really want to get Darwinian about it, God help us, one or two don't survive. Uh, I'm 50. I have four kids. 95% of the couples I know my age or younger have two or one. Another way to look at it is think about the 50s and 60s. Well, you're right that almost no parent in the 50s or 60s would behave that way. Imagine a parent of four kids, three of whom were killed in a car crash. Bet you lots of parents in the 50s in this situation would turn into helicopter parents, and everyone, while not exactly approving, would understand. Of course, there'd be a lot of thought and emotion that went into that, but I bet the evolutionary imperative to pass on your genes would be subconsciously speaking loudly, too. Uh, Cheers, Dave, the teacher, who I'm sure is a hell of a good teacher. That's a great note. Mm. What do you think? Uh, from an anthropological standpoint, I mean the, the the our 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 imperative that is in our that are is in every cell of our body is to procreate and and have a, 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 another one of us that can go out and have another one of us. Right. That is our entire physical. That's the only reason we're here. Yes. And so that makes perfectly good sense. I don't know if I don't know what it, I have two kids. So if I had one kid, how would that how would that feel? Inside my in my bones and my cells and my right. genes of how important it is that that kid succeed and get out there and reproduce. Well, few things are just one thing or can be explained by one thing. I also think, as uh, an emailer uh, described to us the other day, there are so many means by which to check on your children these days. Yeah. If one is inclined in that direction, it's easy to go overboard. So you have that. Then you have the the whole, it's so incredibly competitive to get into colleges these days because everybody's applying. I mean, I remember when little D was going through it. She's 19. She's a sophomore now in college. But um, there were uh, schools she was applying to with single-digit or low-teen acceptance rates of qualified applicants. Um, there just aren't enough slots. And so if you get sucked into the vortex of it's impossible to be successful or have a happy life unless you have a college degree from a quote-unquote top college. Nothing could be less true than that, but if you are sucked into that. Then you combine that with the anthropological thing, and you have people going nuts. God dang it. Well, like like I said the other day, I see these as two completely different mindsets. The, I'm going to bribe a top-tier school to get my kid in, I think that person's rational but delusional or something. But the I'm going to call them in the morning to make sure they make it to class, and I'm going to remind them when their papers are due. Right. You're ill. You're crazy, and you're making your kid crazy. You're ill. Yeah. You know, uh, tell me this, though. If if I'm an upper cruster, and I've got to imagine it because I'm not, um, and, and it's all about status. See, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it's like to have status. So I, 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 I don't. You know, it, if you've got it, losing it might be the worst thing in the world. I have no idea. Right. S- admitting that your kid went to second tier school, whatever the frig that means. <laughs> I despise the whole elitism thing, especially because any any serious look at the elite colleges eh, whole you know paradigm will will tell you that it's it's lies. It's lies. You know, it's like, a, you know, a Hyundai's as good as a whatever. Just doesn't have the status. 
Well, colleges are like that. And a lot of, you know, again, a lot of how they get their status is these super famous research professors who your kid will never see on campus. Much, In fact, like virtually everything that lends the university their status will be not a part of your kid's college experience. Not everything, but a lot of it. Yeah, but... Whatever the the stats you gave us the other day about the percentage. Four out of five, I remember. The percentage of parents who make sure their kid is up in time for class or work as an adult. Yeah, yeah. Is, That's did, cuckoo nuts. Yeah. Well, and, and it's unfortunate it's, to me. It's, it's, it's like clipping the wings of a bird. It's like hobbling your child so they won't get too far away from you. It's. It's sad. You're stealing their agency from them. You're stealing their strength Isn't from them. Isn't that the same their thing pride. that the people who are paying the way are doing, though, too? No, I don't think so. I don't like either one of those things, but I think one... Oh, I, you, oh the bribing thing. Yeah, bribing I thought their you way. parents who were helping their kids pay for college. No, no, no. The bribing their way into school, right? You're clipping the wings like you're putting, you're putting a cast on your child so it will not fully develop. I think yeah. these two parents are the same. For the and, purpose of status. And the only difference between them is net worth. I think you're mentally ill if you're calling your kids to make sure they're up in time for class. Why do you even know what time their class is? Or your kid's a dope. <laughs> both in, How about that? In both these scenarios, these are p- parents trying to get their idiot children through school. Dear A&G, my child is an idiot, but I really want him to move out, so I wake him up every morning. <laughs> that's pretty funny. If that's what you're down to, well, I suppose you I can understand what? that. Yeah. It's either this or he lives here forever. I withdraw my critical comments. (laughs) I get it now. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.